worshiping just because there's so many of us, we're just so knitted in Jesus and what He's doing in our lives, and He's the one that brings us together. And it's just incredible. You can be anywhere, but if there's a one heart and one mindedness, we just find the presence of Jesus together, and we knitted together, right? It's incredible. I mean, one of the things I shared at the conference, we were actually closer to 4,000 than we were to 3,500. I'm not trying to correct anyone, but it's just the, the fact. Um, but, but the beautiful thing about it is that the, the presence of the Lord was so tangible that it actually felt like so intimate. It's a, our biggest conference yet, yet it felt incredibly intimate. It felt like there was just a few hundred, which is beautiful. And, and it's kind of what I want to share off of this morning. Um, and, uh, you know, just how the Lord, Jesus, um, not just makes us one, but He brings us together. And he does it for a reason. He doesn't bring us together, like Chad said, for us to sing Kumbaya and like, oh, we're so united. There's a purpose in why he brings us together. There's a mandate that he's given his church, that he's given his body. There's something that he wants to do in and through us, not as individuals, but as a collective, as a body. And uh, I want to share that with you this morning, if that's all right. But the, the significance that each one of you carry within that picture. Is that Okay. So um, I want to ask you quickly, I just want to take some water. Trevor, I love how you pause, worship, just drink water. It's amazing. I've learned from that now. Where's Trevor? So um, it's also cool to see so many guys I know from Josh Jen back in the day. Um, it's amazing. And just how God has done, I mean, you guys, Brie, like, I mean, I've known you guys for so long, but it's just something different on your life. I, haven't, I don't know when last we saw each other, like, 10 years ago or something? I mean, it's just something different on your life. It's just, and Vachis and, and Lisa, like, it's just incredible, and there's others too. Just, it's amazing to see how God keeps on taking a hold of people's lives, and they're never the same. They're constantly being moved more, transformed more into His likeness. Amen? Yes. Yeah. So, hope you agree with me. <laughs> so, let me quickly ask you, who's attending church this morning? Come on. <laughs> it is a trick question. But who's attending church this morning? Who's here? Come on. We're all here. We're attending. So, so there is a, it is a trick question because the flip side of that question is, who's here this morning because they have been added to the fellowship of believers? They're not just attending. And the title of my message this morning is, Added, Not Just Attending. And I just want to start off quickly by saying, one of the, the, the biggest thing the devil can get right in your life as a Christian is to keep you in a place of attending church and never feel like you've been added. I don't know if you're aware of that. But it's, there's no shortage of churches around the world, really, not just South Africa, around the world that go around attendance. Attendance to attendance meeting experience to experience meeting, home group meeting to a home group meeting, but they never ever understand that they're there for a purpose much bigger than themselves. And, and, I, and I think we have to, and I, I mean, even in the prayer meeting this morning, we were praying, Lord, would you, would you come by your spirit and actually, um, even in something that people have heard many times, would you let them hear it again, but penetrate into their hearts and let them hear something new that they've never heard before? 
that they can receive a freshness around something that they might have even heard many times before. And it is my prayer this morning that you would, with fresh eyes, see the beauty of what you get to be a part of and the fact that you play a part of it, that no one else can play. So one of the things that I love preaching about the most is the church. Why the church? Why does it exist? I mean, you can ask Rob and Val. They are on eldership on our team. They know I love preaching on this topic. And, uh, and I think one of the reasons for it is because I myself come from a broken home. I come from, my parents got divorced when I was six. And, uh, and so growing up, becoming a Christian, you, uh, you hear about this family of God, the house of God. You're adopted into, into the household of God as sons and daughters. But because you come from a broken home, you struggle to relate with that concept. And so I've got filters through which I see it. And, and I think every single one of us, for different reasons throughout our lives, have different filters through which we see the household of God, the bride of Christ, the church that the Lord has died on the cross for, and, and the mandate for which He wants to see it um, accomplished on the earth. All of us have different reasons, different filters. But we need Jesus to come in and, and renew those things and actually help us see through the lenses that He gives us to see His body. Amen? So I want to touch on that with you this morning. But I want to say again, this thing here is far bigger than just you. You're being added to a church, added to a body, added to George, Josh Jen, Josh Jen George. It's not about you, yet you play a part that no one else can play. But not for you. For something bigger than you. And again, I think we can, we can attend church and then hope to belong, but we need to understand why we should belong and what that looks like first. Is that all right? All right. Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> I like feedback. Makes me feel better. So even if it's for me, even if it's just for me, just say, yeah, that's good. <laughs> so who's been here for less than six months? One person. Oh, no, there's more. I was going to say, geez, you guys need to start evangelizing. <laughs> there's a bunch, eh? That's wonderful. Like six to 12 months. Who's been here like six to 12 months, roughly? All right. So... So hopefully for you guys and all of you here, maybe some of you have been here for years and you still don't feel like you belong or you've been added, can I submit to you that the reason why you don't might not be because of Chad or his leadership team. It might be because the, lead needs, the Lord needs to shift something in your heart. Because sometimes we can come to the body saying, but if they would just welcome me like this, if they would just receive me like this, if... if some more people could just invite me to their homes. If, and if, and if, and if. But sometimes the Lord needs to do something in your life for you to feel and know that you've been added. Sometimes it's not the church. Sometimes it's you. In fact, I want to submit to you that maybe almost all of the time, it's you. And it's not a nice thing to hear, but it's true. And uh, sometimes we just have a misperception of who we are, who we should be, and how that works out. And we need the Lord to help us, and we need people to help us to see who we really are in Him, 
and where we really fit in in Him. All right. So here's the thing. Your attendance can be amazing. Why? Because you just attend and you go home. And you attend home group and you go home. And you do that for five years. A picture of being added means at some point something in your life gets tough. Or a tough situation happens and now there's a conversation. Or you have a conversation. Or you have a moment where you open up your life because you understand that you're not just attending a meeting, but you've been added to a body. And so that takes the, 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 the moment of attending something into being added to something. All right. So Ephesians 1 verse 4. Where's Becky? Ephesians 1 verse 4 says, this is what the Lord says about us. For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be, a holy and and to be holy and blameless in His sight. In love, He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will. That's a picture of you being brought into the household of God not because of who you are, but because of Jesus. So you understand in this text what, the, what he's saying, what Paul is writing to the Ephesian church is, you are brought into adoption. You are brought into the household of God, not because of anything that you've done or who you are, your background, your, your ethnic background, your language that you speak, purely because you've received Christ. He's made you a part of his household. Do you get that? The problem is we so often move from the, do you get that? Yes, I do, to I look at who I am and then I look at who these guys are and I feel like, man, I just don't know where I fit in. Because we try and fit in through who we are as opposed to who Jesus is and what he's become in my life and who he's made me to be. Yes? And so we've got to move. Our, our, our filters have got to shift from a place of how can I relate as me to a body of believers and, and, and how can I to a place of Jesus, you have made me a new creation. The old of me is gone and you are making me new. And because of that thing, I'm brought into a fellowship of believers who all, because of Jesus, are adopted into sonship. Does that make sense? It's very different from us trying to, to relate because we're all a certain age group or we all dress the same or we all surf or we all... It's very different because it means that a group of people that have nothing in common with each other can become the fellowship of believers. And I must say, it is incredibly encouraging to look across the room and I see all different age groups, different... Backgrounds, I'm sure. Different gifts as Brad, ugh, Brad, Chad said, almost. <laughs> Brad, Brad's a nice guy too. <laughs> but he's not the Chad. <laughs> you guys don't know the Chad like I know the Chad. I know the Chad from back when he had long hair. Yeah. When he still came to church in vests. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> Sorry, I just slipped that out there, bro. Sorry. Or does he do it here too? I don't know. <laughs> and the white sunglasses. Yes. He'd lead worship with him. It's amazing. 
<laughs> How far we all come, eh? <laughs> I, I include myself in it. My T-shirts used to be about five times smaller than what I'm wearing it now. And I wasn't smaller, I was actually bigger. <laughs> anyway, I just want to say my jeans are tight because they went to dry last night, okay? <laughs> That's true. I've interrupted myself so badly now. What was I saying? I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Thank you. But even though you are all different from different backgrounds, you could still be attending a meeting at 9 o'clock every Sunday morning and never be added. And why? what is it that the Lord wants to do through many different people in one place? What is the point? Why do you come to church? Have you ever, when else did you ask yourself the question? Why do I belong to this church? Why do I belong to Josh, Jane, George? Why has God added me here? What does He want to do through us? How often do you ask yourself that question? And when you don't understand that, the answer to that question, how often do you come to your elders and say, Hey, Chad, won't you help me understand? What is our mandate as a church? Because I hear all the time you guys are saying, I need to lay my life down and I need to love my brother more than I love myself. And I, I understand all these things, but what for? What's the purpose? Because it's great to hear those things and you know there's something good in them and there's something that you've got to go, yes, Lord, that sounds right. It sounds like, yes, God, it, it makes sense and I know it's in your word and I want to obey it and I, I want to receive it, but, but Why? What's the purpose? Do you ask yourself that? Because let me, let me just say, unless you understand and know that purpose, and actually whenever you lose the sight of that purpose, bring it up again and say, Lord Jesus, help me take a hold of this purpose again. Unless you do that over and over and over within your walk in Jesus, we cannot become the church that He desires for us to be. We cannot just attend church every Sunday or home group every Wednesday or whatever day of the week you have it and, and say, Lord, we are so like reaching George for the Otaniqua mountain area or for South Africa or God, we, it will not happen unless every single person within the life of this congregation understands why, why you here and what part you play. And I, and I know Chad is talking about your gifting, but let me just say something. Unless you understand why you've been grafted into the body of believers, you cannot actually walk in your gifting properly, even in the way that Chad was speaking about it. The first thing is you've got to understand why you've been added to the church. For you, just as a saint. Psalm 68, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Psalm 68 says, God sets the lonely into families. Who's, who's ever felt lonely? Who's ever felt like, man, I, I, I go to work, go home, I do my stuff, but I feel like no one knows me. I feel lonely. I feel like I don't know where I fit in. I don't, I don't know. I look at my life and I, I don't know how I can... How, I can, how my life can become anything according to what I read in Scripture. That purpose, that desire God's got for my life, I don't, know, I don't see how that's ever going to happen. That was me. Many years. And I'll get to the how and why. So quickly, I want to 
illustrate Ephesians 3.10. Paul writes and he says to the Ephesians, which is actually the Gentiles, he says to them, you must understand, I'm paraphrasing before I read the scripture, don't put it up yet, sorry. <laughs> you must understand why to the Gentiles there's a purpose that God has intended. Okay, you, you get that, we are part of that group, eh? So he's basically saying there's a purpose for you. There's a purpose why the gospel has been made available to you. It's not just so you can go to heaven. There's a reason for it. And so he's writing to them because at first this church in Ephesians, they, they received the gospel with gladness, but then they reverted back to their own traditions and their own ways of doing things. So he had to correct some stuff within them and among them. And he, he talks to them about this purpose. And he says, right at the, almost at the end of that, that section, he says to them in Ephesians 3.10, he says, His intent, God, was that now through the church, the church being the gathering of the saints with one heart, one mind, and one purpose, through that group of people, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly realms. That's actually the powers and principalities. It's, actually the, it's not actually just to people in the world. It's actually that where the people of God become the people of God the way He intended for it to be, darkness shakes. It shudders. It freaks out. It doesn't like it. Because the wisdom of God is made manifest on the earth. The same way the devil wants to make his plans manifest on the earth. Do you know what some of his plans are? Is to make you stay in a place of attending a meeting every Sunday morning, but never feeling like you belong. But when you move from a place of attending to a place of belonging, understanding you've got a purpose that no one else can fill within that body, you move from a place of attending and you cause the devil to shudder and shake because now you are making the manifold wisdom of God known. And he's like, oh my goodness. Now the reason why Jesus died on the cross empowers the people to be the people, not because of their beautiful personalities, but because they are being made more into my likeness and into my image. And something's being displayed on the earth. Because you're moving from, it's nice to be here, because there's good kids' church, and nice coffee, and a nice venue, and it's cool, to, I've got a part to play here. I've got some stuff to do here. I've got some things I've got to die to. Not just to die to it because I'm not such a nice person. I've got some stuff to die to so that I can become who I need to become in the house of God. You know, sometimes we are a people that are just constantly sitting at the foot of the cross, just killing off the pieces of our lives that are bad and old, and we ask the Lord for forgiveness. But we're always staying at the foot of the cross. You know that you're supposed to get up from the cross and actually move. Because the Bible says, pick up your cross daily. Why? Because you've been forgiven of your sins and your past life so that you can walk into the purpose that God's got for you. You've got to move from a place of always like repenting and I'm so bad to going, Lord, thank you for your forgiveness towards me. Thank you that you've now made me someone that I cannot be without you and the power of Jesus. And now I can move from this place and walk. Not walk with the physical cross, but the knowledge that Jesus has died for me and made me who I cannot be without Him. 
who I don't deserve to be without him. Now I'm moving. Now I'm picking up my cross. Now I understand I'm, I'm a part of something far bigger than me. Does that make sense? All right, so why did the Lord do this? And uh, why am I so thirsty this morning? I'm going to put this here. Will it balance? Been there, done that. Thanks. The wisdom. So I'm going to start in Genesis because it's a good thing to start at the beginning. All right, and we'll work our way through this. I don't know how much time I've got. Chad didn't say, so... You know, if you're ignorant, it's great. So let me start at Genesis, and I'm not going to work through all the books, don't worry. <laughs> but Genesis 1, verse 26, you can put it up. Hey, did we put up that other scripture? We did, eh? Okay, cool. Genesis 1, verse 26, it says, so God was creating the world, right? And then he said, then God said, let us make mankind, not just man, mankind in our image. In whose image? The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. In our image. I must be like the UK guys. Guys, say, say in our image. <laughs> I love when they do that. I'm not going to do that. But you just did it. It's cool. In our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in this, and the sea, uh, and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild anim animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in His own image. Say image. That's the last time I'll do that. In the image of God, He created them. Not Adam, them. But it started with Adam. Remember that. Male and female, he created them, mankind. Why? Because he wanted to create something that's in his image. In other words, he wanted to make something that looks like him. Husbands and wives. What happened when God said, it's not good for man to be alone? Why? Was Adam lonely? No, I think everything in his life was pretty good. Because he had perfect fellowship with God. He had no troubles. I'm not saying ladies are troubles, please. But he was good. Like, he didn't know about women. So he didn't feel like he was losing out. He had no other, like, exactly. But God said, it's not good for man to be alone. Why? Have you ever asked yourself why? Because without Eve, he couldn't display the image of God. Must I say it again? Because without Eve being made from his side, the two of them could not display the image of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the way that they function as equals, yet Headship, yet submission, they would display what? The image of God. Do you know that extends to us as a church? Just before I go there, do you know married couples, 
your greatest testimony to the world of what God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit looks is your marriage. Do you know that? If you, as a husband and wife, can properly display the way God wants you to function and be and, and serve one another, husbands, as you lay down your lives for your wife, not your multiple lives, you've got one life, not your multiple personalities, one as you lay down your life for your wife, as Christ has called you to, as he's laid down his life for you, you're displaying the image of God. Wives, as you submit and serve your husbands, you're displaying a part of the image of God. As you function together as equals, you're displaying the image of God, yet there's different parts that you play. Same with the Holy Spirit, same with the Father, the same with Jesus. Does that make sense? Did you guys hear that a lot recently? I mean, for me, when the Lord showed this to me, I was like, oh my goodness. I've got to get my marriage right. Not as an elder, I've just got to get my marriage right. Because how can I go out and evangelize people, but my marriage displays something completely different to what God asks us to display? Anyway. The reality is you can only do it together. You're not made in God's image because you look like Him. And I've often heard that preached because He wants you to look like Him. You can't look like God on your own. There's something of His nature that He puts in you, yes. There's something of His wonder He puts in you, yes. But it's only together. Because He said mankind. All right. Where's my other scripture? That's no, not here. You know that it's exactly the same thing for us as a church. You know that the Lord puts us together so that we can become the image of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to the earth. How do I know this? What's the last thing that Jesus prayed before he went to be with God? Before he went to the cross, sorry. Who knows? John 17, 21. I'm trusting that you all know you're just very modest, which is why you're not saying. John 17, 21. My prayer, Lord, before this, don't, have, don't worry about going there, is, verse 21, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us. Why? So that the world may believe that you've sent me. What's the purpose of unity? It's to show a picture of what only Jesus could do on the earth because of his obedience to the Father that we become a display of what happens in heaven. We become a display of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the unity that's there. Because he says, may they be one as we are one, Lord. Why? So that the world can actually believe that I did come. Because the world will look at this and go, this is impossible. The world will look at us and think, this is, this is not normal. Who of you walked into this church thinking, this is unlike anything I've ever seen? I know I walked into Josh Jen 18 years ago, and I thought to myself, it's impossible what I'm seeing. 
And then I realized why it's there. I realized because continuously it's a people that understand that they cannot be in unity because of who they are. They can only be because they continually go, Lord Jesus, kill off anything of me that gets in the way of me being who you want me to be within your body. Constantly. And if something rears its head, you go again, Lord Jesus, help me not say how other people need to adapt to my area of brokenness, but let me be the person to say, Lord, would you come and heal what's in me that causes me to not feel like I belong and that I'm not added. It's because of a people like that who constantly cling to Jesus because it's the miracle of what Jesus did, Paul writes. It's because of him, his wisdom, to send his son that we can become who he wants us to become. That you can be who he wants you to be. Not because of you. Is that all right? All right, I'm going to skip past. So I've got a little illustration here quickly. Now, Paul, ugh, Paul, what's wrong with me? <laughs> Calling you different names today. <laughs> Chad, <laughs> why don't you wear a name badge? <laughs> so, why don't you quickly take this puzzle? Okay, can you just take the lid off for me? And then you can pass me the lid. And then, how many pieces is this? A hundred. Okay, so don't lose the pieces, okay? I think the guys want it back. So just pass it around down the aisles. Each take a piece, but leave some left over. So not all of you are going to get a piece, and that's okay. Don't worry. Don't feel left out. If it's a really big deal to you, then please take one. <laughs> but just while you're doing that, just, yeah. And then hold your piece. You can look at it. You can, uh, you know, decide whether you like the piece you've got, whether you like the shape that you've got, whether you would have liked more round pieces or square pieces, or whether you're happy that you got a corner piece, because the corner pieces are important, yeah? The flat sides are also important because they, they, they seem to illustrate something of the structure of the puzzle. Yeah, I mean, who's got side pieces and they're stoked? Yeah, don't be shy. Who's got a corner piece? I mean, that's like really important. Yeah? All right, so, so just quickly, this morning someone made reference to Acts 2.42, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but, but I just want to I I touch on one of the portions of that passage of Scripture, Acts 2, 42 to 47. I think you guys can recite it by now as one voice. And let's not do that, because I know you can. But we see a picture here of a people that encountered Jesus. And the person who mentioned it this morning actually mentioned this. Is there still pieces left there? Awesome. This is a, a picture and a story of people that encountered Jesus. The scripture says, Peter was, praying, was preaching the gospel. 
Yes? To a multitude of people. All different. Different types of people. And the way he preached it was so profound. It was so just real that it cut them to the heart. And they shouted out with absolute desperation. Brothers, we actually crucified the Christ. What can we do to be saved? And he, he shared the gospel. He said, well, this is what you must do. And they did. They responded. They were baptized. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then obviously we read how they lived together. They devoted themselves, etc., etc., etc. You guys know that part. But what I love is how because of the way they lived together, in verse 47 it says, Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. He didn't ask people to attend. He added. Why? Because they were people that were added. They weren't a people that were just attending a meeting once a day. I mean, once they were actually once a day. It's full on. They weren't just the people that said, okay, Chad said, or Peter said, we need to get together at the synagogue every day at nine o'clock. They weren't the people that attended. They were people that were added to the body of Christ because they had a revelation of who Jesus was and who they were in Jesus. A people that were added. They didn't attend. And so because of the way they were, People added. Jesus added. If we are a people that have been added, God will add people that become added. If we are more people that are attending, people will come and attend. And you know what the scary thing is? We'll miss the mandate that the Lord's got for the church. We'll miss it. I mean, who, who wants to see the kingdom come through the church? Who, I mean, is it only four people? Like, who wants to see radically, radically, miraculously? You have stories of people walking through your doors and encountering the love of Jesus among you because of a bunch of people being added in such a way that they go, this is impossible. I've been searching for this all my life. I've been reading my Bible and I've gone through church hurt and it doesn't take me four weeks to work out that this is a people that have been added. The moment I step in, I see a people that Jesus took a hold of and he added them together and man, I want to be added. That is a body of believers in an area where God has put you just doing what God has called you to do as a church. That's before you walk in your gifting. That's before you walk in your, 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 your calling. Your first calling. Your first calling is to love your neighbor as yourself. To love your brother as yourself. That's your first calling. That's your general calling. Do you know that? Some of us are so bent on receiving our individual calling that we don't even understand that we've got a corporate calling. Do you know that sometimes we need to maybe forget about our individual calling and just desire and desire our corporate calling and live that out? And I said to Chad last night, like, I, I love seeing people fall into their gifting because they live and die and 
breathe and everything, just the corporate calling. Lord, how can I just love people around me more? How can I just throw myself into your body more? How can I just let go of me and just grab a hold of you more? And as you do that, corporate calling, you somehow just, okay, Lord, now I understand as I do this, there's something specific you've gifted me in. And Lord, now by your spirit, not by my efforts, I'm flowing in this thing. Your best efforts can never get you to function in your calling singularly. singularly. It'll just be works. The Lord hates works in that sense. Man, I pray all the time, even back home. You know, we've had quite a bit of growth recently. And I know you guys have grown quite a bit in the last while from what I hear. You know, I often say to the guys, man, guys, we, we got to, our first call is to understand that the Lord's put us together for a purpose. It's about us. It's not about us. It's always about us. Lord, Lord am, I, am, I, am I making it about us? Am I making it about me? And the place where I'm making it about me, Lord, will you please show me? Because I know I'm standing in the way of us being us. You know, you can actually stand in the way. You've all pretty much all said you want to see the kingdom come to this congregation in your area. Do you know that before it is through miracles and evangelism and prophecy, it's going to be through the way you guys are made one in Jesus. Before that. And then the Lord will use miracles, signs, wonders. Is that all right? All right. Eh? No, no, keep on. Hold on. How fast? Well, I'll, maybe I'll get there now. <laughs> All right, so the puzzle. If you look at your puzzle, what do you see? You see, uh, what's the first thing you notice? They're each unique, right? Unique shape. Is that right? Don't really talk among yourself. You don't have to answer me. I'll just, I'll say it. Different shapes. Pretty much the same size, but not really. Okay? What's the next thing? One side displays what? A picture? The other side displays? Nothing. Nothing. All right? So there's two sides. What's the other thing? They all fit into different parts of? A picture. The same picture or their own picture? The same picture. So firstly, for you who've been added to this, what is the job of the elders? It's to show you the picture. This is a penguin and a penguin on planet Earth. It's to show you the picture. All right? And then... The beauty of this whole picture is as you come into the life of the church understanding that I'm a puzzle piece and I've got a picture and I look a certain way and I'm a certain shape but I know that I've been added into this puzzle box and as I come in 
and, and I'm added and remain added, and I listen to what the picture looks like, and I observe, and I take a hold of it, and I grasp it, and I love it, and it becomes what I live for. Slowly but surely, the Lord starts showing me where I fit in the picture. Does that make sense? And, and the more I understand that no other piece can fit where I fit in the puzzle, and I'm actually okay with that. Because without me fitting into the space where I fit, there's going to be a gap. And the more I'm okay with the fact that I'm not a side piece, because for some reason the side pieces are more important because they're the borderline, or I'm not the corner piece and I desire to be a corner piece, because sometimes that can be the thing that just trips us up. You know? No, but if only I could have that gifting, then, then I would fit into the picture better. The problem is you cannot be this guy trying to make yourself a corner piece. Because at the end of the day, the corner piece is going to struggle to, to, to be a corner piece. And there's going to be a big gap where you are. It's supposed to be. Huh? Uh. Does that make sense? So that's, that's the one thing. The second thing is, you know, a lot of us as Christians, we come into church like this. Yeah? And, uh, and, and we, we keep coming in like this because of different reasons. We, we've experienced past hurt. There was a moment where we did do this, but we were hurt because we were told we must all be side pieces because the side pieces are good. So, so, and now you realize, but you're not that, and you, and you don't know, and so you get hurt. Legitimate hurt. Real hurt. Like, no one can say, no, you weren't hurt. You were hurt. But the problem is that, and the reality is that Jesus wants to come and redeem that hurt and make it into purpose again, and say, you were actually meant to be made like this. I made you like that. The person that told you you must be the side piece, is a, he, he's going to answer to me. Don't worry about him. Let him go. Forgive him. Love him. Come be the piece that I want you to be. But you know what you need to do? You need to come in and say, hey, I'm, Lord Jesus, I understand now that you have just redeemed right now. And I believe even as I said that, God has spoken to some people here, and he's actually in a moment redeemed something in your hearts and fixed something and healed something. And right now you can say, Lord, please forgive me for even attending your, your, your church, attending it, for not understanding I belong. Lord, this morning I want to turn myself around so that others can see what I look like, so that the elders can help me build and be built into where I need to be built into. You see, as long as you, you come in like this and stay like this, you're always going to feel out. You're always going to feel like you're just attending. You're always going to be aware of what the rest of the picture looks like and the fact that you're not fitting in. But as painful as it is, as hard as it is, the second you turn yourself so people can see this is who I actually am, the Lord starts showing you a little bit more of who you are. And, and as the elders come and lead you and show you, okay, guys, I want to constantly point towards this is the picture. This is what we're meant to display. This is, what it's, this is what it's meant to look like. The more they do that, the more you'll start seeing, well, okay, Lord, now I see, I see what I look like, and I see what I look like in you, and I see the picture, and I understand that I actually form a part of that picture. 
And you allow them to show you where you fit. And you trust them. It's a thing of vulnerability. Does that make sense? Man, it's only then that we can fully display who God's desiring for us to be. You get how this is not about you. Yet it's incredibly important for you to be a part of it. The pieces that were left here are those that are still going to come in. Come into the life of the church. And actually, some of you have walked this journey and you can help others by the way you love them and show Jesus to them. Have a safe place to be who they are in the Lord. To show their brokenness, to show their areas of whatever and be built into the life of the church, into the picture of what Jesus wants it to be. Is that okay? So Chad, I don't know if you want to land it off or you want me to... So I did feel too, Chad can add this to this, I, I did feel two specific things this morning. I did feel like the Lord did speak this morning to some that I've encountered hurt in the past, and it's almost been, it's almost been your continuous filter through which you try and gauge what God is doing here. And I felt like this morning the Lord wants to ask you and say to you and almost display to you his deep desire for you to be built into what he's brought you into. That he's got something far bigger for you. But it does require you to say, Lord, this morning I'm letting go. I'm letting go of my past hurts, church hurts. I'm letting go of bad experiences. I'm letting go of disappointment. I'm letting go of myself, Lord. You know, the, the, the word says very clearly, if you can't forgive, the Lord can't forgive you. It's very clear. Maybe it's a forgiveness thing. I don't know. That's the first call. The second call is, some of us have been really trying to work very hard to be different to who we are. Looking at the other pieces and trying to be the other pieces. Forgetting the significance of who God's made you to be. Not for you to be significant, but so that we can be full of purpose. Full of calling. Full of mandate. Full of the full picture. Maybe this morning you need to say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I'm constantly looking at me. Lord, help me. Help me look at the bigger picture. Help me let go of myself and just look at the full picture. So I don't know how we want to respond to that. Maybe we can get Trevor up here. Why don't we all stand together, I think. Just let's, um, let's just wait on the Lord a little bit.